When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin here today by calling in the spirits to be with us. So I reach out first to my ancestors and to your ancestors and to all of those who bring all that is good and true and beautiful through that lineage into our lives. I call out to those who lived well and who died well and who bring this legacy that we might truly learn from those who have gone before us, that we might have the advantage of others who have lived on this earth and have met the challenges of the day in and day in life of human beings on this planet and have that as an offering, as their gift to, their, to the living. And may we use the gift that the ancestors give us to do what we have called, are called to do ourselves in our time so that we can open the way for those who are coming. And so I call out for these ancestors to gather around us, especially those ancestors who lived through similar times of great change. And I ask them to help us to help us do what we must do for ourselves and for those who are coming. And with these ancestors gathered around us, I give thanks and encourage each one of you with me to reach down from our hearts to our bellies and our bellies deep down through all the layers of the earth. And let us take a moment here in our day, at whatever time you are listening, to send a pulse of gratitude from our heart, not as an idea, but literally, to send a pulse of gratitude from your heart down your grounding cord into all layers of the earth and let it radiate out 360 degrees and to give to the earth your gratitude for your life. Gratitude for this day. Gratitude for all that has been, that has brought you to this moment. Those gifts you found in that journey and to those that yet uh, remain to be unpacked, unwrapped, and to to be found for the gifts that they are. We give thanks for all that has been on our journeys to this moment, for all that is and for all that will be. And let us give thanks to the earth for that sense of knowing that we don't have to control what will be. We simply need to participate with all that is and allow what will be to unfold. So we give thanks to the earth for life for the grace in this dreaming of life and for that possibility that exists always of change. And we give thanks for the miracle in it all. And with this gratitude for the beauty in life, let us reach down to the very center of the earth and draw the energy of the earth up, up through all the layers of the earth and up into all the layers of our being, drawing the energy of the earth up into our belly and from our belly to our heart from our heart to our mind, and we send this energy out and up through all the layers of the sky, reaching out through the sky above you, the weather that is there, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and reaching up all the way up to the highest power of the universe and by whatever name you name this energy. Name it, connect with it, see yourself reflected in it and it reflected in you and draw this energy down. Down through all the layers of the sky, the cosmos, the atmosphere, the weather, the air above you, the sky above you, into the space that you are in, wherever that might be, and draw this energy in. And in this way, you draw in the energy of protection and of blessing, the energy of devotion and generosity and benevolence. And we call these energies in that we might receive the guidance and the insight and the inspiration that we need to do what we are called to do in these times of great change. So we call the energy of the sky down from our heads to our hearts and our hearts to our bellies. We connect the energy of the earth and the energy of the sky within us and allow ourselves that moment to imagine that deep, deep, non-human, completely cosmic, Taoistic big love. That energy of yin and yang from which all life of form as we experience life is born. So we give thanks to this energy within us and feel that energy Imagine it, 
come to know it. And in the knowing of that energy, we ask the energy of the heart to awaken, to open up that great crucible of change and transformation, interconnection that exists within each one of us. And we ask the energy of the heart to draw up the fiery passions and great, great desires for why we are here that live deep in the belly. We draw that energy up to the heart and we draw down the crystal clarity of the mind, that clarity of insight and innovation and inspiration. We draw it into the heart and we let these energies dance there in the heart in the way they can only dance in the heart without destroying one or the other, but in a complementary dualism that gives birth to that third energy that does not yet exist. That is the energy of your soul's true purpose and how you will manifest it in this day. And may you find the courage in your heart to do so, large or small, to actually do what you have come into this day to do. So give thanks to these energies, the ancestors standing round, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart here in the center. And I give thanks to each of you for listening. I give thanks to those of you who have donated to the show to keep keep the show alive and well and free and available to those who have access um, to the shows through the internet. People can get to the shows on iTunes. They can get to the shows on the show website. They can get to the shows on um, the co-creator network site, and they can also get to the shows, the interview shows on the site of shamanic practitioner site. So there are many ways you can access the shows for free. And I give thanks to those of you that helped me make that possible. This week, I give thanks to David for his offerings and for his book. I give thanks to Malama and Lydia, Christy and Denise, and all the listeners who have donated this week. If the show is meaningful to you in any way, if it moves you in the heart, either uh, in joy or in frustration, um, I ask you to do something to support the show because you've been moved in the heart and let your heart move you into action. If you would like to donate, you're welcome to go to whyshamanismnow.com and donate any amount, large or small. I'm deeply grateful for all of them. They all go straight 100% to keeping the show on the air. And uh, if you are uncomfortable paying online, please feel free to just email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And um, I would be happy to send you a regular old address for a regular old um, check. So thank you all. Thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for your um, use of these teachings in your life. Thank you for all of the ways that you're helping the show to grow and to be alive and to be timely and to give us um, a shared experience of how do we um, bring shamanism into our lives, in our contemporary lives, in practical, effective, and efficient ways. So thank you all. So we are live this week. Uh, You are invited to call in if you have a question about the show topic. You can reach us at 512-772-1938. You can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or email us at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So I got a little derailed from my uh, show plan, uh, which was to have a whole series about um, kind of deepening your journeying. We have one show left, which is about taking action. And my helping spirits came in and derailed me and said, no, we're not going to do that one now. We need to attend to the time that we're in. And so that show will come probably the beginning of next year. But the next few shows, um, are the next four shows actually, are going to be sharing the wisdom of the teacher's excuse me, the primary teachers of the cycle of transformation. So I'm sorry about that. Those for you who were waiting for bated breath with the taking action based on spiritual information. Um, but we'll get there soon enough. Um, anyway, following the lead, um, on my helping spirit saying that this was the time to res- this was the time now on the show to respond to the times that we are in that this is an astronomical time as in astronomy not necessarily as in bigness but it is still pretty big that this is um, a time of astronomy and the alignment of the planets of our solar system it has happened before and it will happen again because it is part of the huge life cycle of our earth and her brother sister planets and the sun and all of the heavenly bodies that make up the solar system of which we are part. And I know it's really, really hard for us to believe, but this whole thing is really not about us. Um, It's about the earth. But like fleas on a dog, whatever happens to her in some way, of course, does happen to us. So people have been asking me 
for months, actually. Please do a show on what's coming, um, what's going to happen. And uh, I respect these requests. I also sense that most of them are coming out of fear and uncertainty, um, especially uncertainty about the parts we cannot possibly know. I mean, even those peoples that have prophecies of this time, still there's there's much uncertainty and much we don't know. And these seem to be the things that, that people want to be able to pin down. And the truth is we're not in control. We can't pin most things that matter down. And truly, truly, we are at our best if we can simply be in comfort in a kind of comfort, in a place of vulnerability and uncertainty um, and not knowing. And while everyone hears that and just rolls their eyes and goes the other way, the truth of the matter is we all began life there. I mean, that, that is actually part of the beauty of childhood is we don't know. The difference of childhood, of course, is we don't feel like we have to know because someone in theory for most of us is taking care of us. So anyway, you've been there before and it was... I don't know what it was for you, but the point is we can do it. We can be uncertain. We can be in the unknown and we can still function skillfully. So what is going to happen is a lot more of the same unless we make new choices. So that's nothing new. I've been saying that one way or another on this show for four years. So that's you know, so what, Christina? That's not really a response to this time. That's pretty much how it always is. So what is new? What is new is that the opportunity, what is new in this opportunity of this time that we have chosen to incarnate in? What makes this different? Well, scale. I mean, in some ways, it isn't different. It's just the same thing, the same principles. Everything will stay in place. Everything about how life actually works in the real energies will stay in place. It's just, it's all going to happen on a scale that is unimaginable to us because we're just the fleas on the dog's back. So this is an amazing time then. It's an amazing opportunity because it's the birth of a new world. And for those of you that didn't um, elect to study Native American traditions instead of religion in high school like I did, um, <laughs> because I couldn't stand everybody else's creation mythology. Um, North America's native peoples were extremely diverse. Extremely ex- diversity in many ways was their uniting quality. Um, nonetheless, many of the peoples of North, the first peoples of North America have stories, creation stories that speak of worlds. And they're not the only peoples that speak of worlds. Um, but they speak of worlds in the sense of um, huge arcs of time in which the world, as we experience it, was different. And humans, in many of the stories, were different. And so they're really speaking of these different um, phases of manifestation and how we got from a beginning of things coming into a form to the time that we are in now. And so based on these stories, these Native American stories or North American First People stories, they're talking about worlds and worlds begin and they have certain characteristics and qualities and worlds end. And some things carry over from old worlds, from the old world to the next world and some things don't. And these, this is a time of great opportunity. It is a time of leaving behind what was and stepping forward. And the folly is always when the characters um, who step forward into the next world bring with them something unresolved, something they have not reconciled in a good way from the old world. And this, this theme is found um, across the peoples of the North American continent and, uh, and other places in the, in the, on the planet. And so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about, we're not just talking about the change from 2012 to 2013, but we're talking about many prophecies coming to this time to speak of it as the end of a world and the beginning of the next. And um, what I like about the Native American stories is they show the folly sometimes in animals and sometimes in people because, of course, the animals and the people 
were uh, talked to each other in the older worlds is um, the folly of not reconciling the problems of the old world and leaving them as they as they pass from the old world to the new world. So this time that we're in is one of these times. It's an amazing time to have chosen to incarnate. It is a world, um, the end of a world and the birth of a new world. And that part is inevitable. There's nothing humans can do to change that because that is happening because of the earth's own life cycles. So this isn't just a spiritual thing. It's not about, well, if I don't believe in this, it won't happen. That this has to do with life on earth responding to the earth going through her cycles and how um, that huge cycle of time, which for anything living on the earth is unbelievably long, is a world and that it changes because the earth is going through changes. So so the, the changing of this time, I mean, there, any ideas about stopping it or adjusting it or if it, we all just manifest it won't happen it's just all silly because this isn't about us it's about the earth the question is as fleas on the back of the dog how do we orient ourselves to be the people of legend who stepped from one world to the next and began to tell the stories in the new world and will we learn from all of our ancestors and all of the other worlds and reconcile the problems of this world before we step to the new world and the days are now numbered people and that's why the helping spirits said we don't care what you think you want to talk about on your shows you're talking about this because it is time our days are numbered what do you need to reconcile in your life? Get at it because the days are counting down so that you do not drag with you that which you do not want to take from the old world to the new world. This isn't about being afraid of endings. It's about being prepared for new beginnings or not. That's what this time is about. Are we going to enter the new world skillfully? If we do so, it could truly be a new world. So let's begin. It's kind of a reminder. I bring this up a lot. Let's begin with advice by Bill Holm. Someone dancing inside of us learned only a few steps. The do your work in 4-4 time and the what do you expect waltz. And he hasn't noticed yet the woman standing away from the lamp. The one with black eyes who knows the rumba and strange steps in jumpy rhythms from the mountains of Bulgaria. If they dance together, something unexpected will happen. If they don't, the next world will be a lot like this one. So this is a poem by Bill Holm. Bill's a contemporary guy, but he's saying what all of these Native American stories said. We will step forward into the new world. Will it be different or will we bring our unresolved issues with us? If they dance together, something unexpected will happen. If they don't, the next world will be a lot like this one. This is our responsibility right here in these two lines of this poem. Is the next world going to be unexpected and truly new or in our fear are we going to recreate this world and all of the problems inherent in it? Because that is the beauty of these North American people's myths is we can take our baggage with us or we can choose not to. That is the power of this time. If they dance together, if we, the living, get complementary dualism of this existence and I've had a lot of shows about this this year sneaking up on you to try to lay the groundwork for understanding the final the most recent one being Hillary Webb's excellent book about complementary dualism in um, Andean shamanism and uh, so go listen to the show better yet buy Hillary's book it's all on the website um, or just google hillarywebb.com Anyway, my point is, to not get distracted, if we get the complementary dualism that is the nature of our existence, if we embody that and dance 
in the Taoistic nature of our existence, then something new will be born. If we persist in not accepting that, if we persist in seeing dualism as necessarily um, opposing or polarized, which is a very, very embedded Western point of view, if we insist on religious stories that are not inclusive, if we insist on political stories that are not inclusive of all living things, if we continue to insist that we are the center of the universe without partner, we will not create a new world. We must accept the complementary dualism and in that our place in the oneness. If we can do that, and this is why, this is one of the main reasons shamanism has come back into our consciousness at this time. Because there are many, many different people's practices that are in, at the very essence of these practices is this understanding of complementary dualism that was brought to its most sort of philosophical manifestation in Taoism. But this is the nature of our existence. This is how um, we experience this world of form because it is birthed out of that dance of the yin and the yang. And that is how, it's like, it is the dance of the yin and the yang that gives us the illusion of physical form, which we all exist in. And so we must accept that as we go forward and reconcile all things in our life contrary to that so that we can step forward into a new world, a truly new world, and not drag our baggage with us. Because if we don't, the next world will be a lot like this one. And we miss out on this time of unprecedented opportunity. This isn't just ordinary opportunity, like ordinarily one door closes, another opens. This is astronomical door closing. This is the end of a time, the end of a world. This implies um, that this, astro- this is also an astronomical door opening. Or perhaps more correctly stated, astronomically many doors closing and astronomically many doors opening. What will you bring through those new doors? Are you ready to step through? Will you even notice it is your door or will you be too busy panicking about what is changing in your life that you have no control over because that's just how things are now? Will you be panicking about what was or, you will, be no- or will you be noticing what could be? For those of you that want to hear what I'm talking about from someone other than me, go to the guest show with Annie Spencer. She's an amazing ceremonialist and a person who does a beautiful job. And I, I say this very carefully because most people don't, frankly, do a beautiful job of holding the doors of the gateway of initiation. Everybody in America talks about it and almost nobody does it. Annie does a great job of this. And what she talked about is in her own journey of how she noticed that door open and it was like off to the side of the path that she was on and there was this oh shit moment of that's my door and it's over there and my momentum's going this way. And she talks about just throwing herself through the door and just landing on the other side however she landed to get through that door that was her door of opportunity. And how that completely changed her life. And how you just got to throw yourself through and not worry how your hair looks or if you're fat or if you're ready. Or even worry about if it's right. You have to leap on that knowing. And figure it out later once you land. And be willing to divert all that momentum and let go of all of that investment going in that other direction. And that is the beauty and the simplicity of Annie's story. So Annie Spencer, go find that one on the, sh- on the show site and listen to it. So what is guaranteed in this time is that there will be change. This is an end time. Again, it's the earth people. The earth is doing it with its brother, sister planets and the sun and the whole solar system. They're doing their thing. There's nothing we can do about that. 
It is the end of a time and the beginning of a new time. And it will likely be messy. And every answer these days, no matter what the question, has this refrain in it. Are you ready to step through the doors that will open for you? This is coming from my clients. It is coming from my students. It is coming for me. Are you ready to step through the doors that will open for you? Will you even recognize them? Will you equivocate? Will you doubt? Will you stand in fear as you watch that door close again? They don't stay open forever, people, and they don't open again. Sorry, New Agers. They don't open again. Another door will open. Doors will always open, but never the same door. Never the same experience. Never the same possibility twice. Do you know how to surf? Do you know how to let go of control and ride the wave regardless of its path? Do you know how to stand in the eye of the storm? To let go of expectation and dreams and visions and move with forces greater than one human will ever be? Do you know how to stand in the eye of the storm or do you still whine and complain about chaos? Do you still get irritated and clutch and control when the forces of your life, the very forces you call in with your spiritual practice, take you in an unexpected direction when you can't see why it isn't practical? I don't like this. It's uncomfortable. And you whine and complain while you're helping spirits do exactly what you've asked them to do. Or do you surf? Can you stand in the eye of the storm? Do you know how to be the man or woman you came here to be and nothing else, nothing, just the man or the woman that you came here to be. Not the good husband, not the dutiful wife, not the angry teenager, not the rebellious, um, transgendered, whatever. Can you just be the man or the woman, however you identify in that, that you came here to be and nothing else. What if that's all that can fit through that door that is going to open for you? Just the essence of you and your soul's purpose. No baggage, no politics, no religion, no nothing. You must pass through that door naked. Can you do that? Can you let it all go? So remember that in, in my work, in the cycle work with the healer, all of the logic of the healer is incomplete without death. That healer, the healer archetypal energy or the healer helping spirit is the logic of healing, how to live in health. And that the crazy logic of the healer is offered by death. And so the healer and death are together a wholeness. Um, so I have asked them both uh, for their wisdom at this time. I've asked what wisdom they have for us at this time of alignment and great change. And so speaking to us, the healer said, um, you assume wellness, you meaning all of us, humanity, you assume wellness, yet are you well? You assume health, but live lives wildly out of balance relative to your soul and what your true self needs to be healthy. You assume your life depends on preserving the life that you have. Does it? I think not. The healer continued, you would come to the healer for comfort in these times, but I have nothing for those of you in fear. If you cannot feel this time of change as a force of long-needed healing in and of itself, then you are beyond my help. The healer stepped back from me in the journey and opened her arms wide, and she continued. My heart is open to this time. My arms are flung wide to embrace this time. I am relieved that this time is finally here. It is a time of great healing for you. If you will step out of your fear 
and greet this time of change with open arms. How can people do this? I asked. She looked at me and said, death is your ally in this endeavor, and sat back down to have her tea. <laughs> I brought her tea as a gift. So death said very simply, as if stating the obvious, there is very little in your contemporary lives that you could not live without. Accept that, enjoy that, and be prepared to let go of it all, if need be. Death continued, ever the practical guy, prepare physically. And death showed me, literally, your emergency kit and your gallons of um, fresh water. <laughs> Just prepare physically. In that way, you take action and put your fears to rest. In other words, put your fears of survival to rest. Prepare. You can't control. You can't overplan it. Just prepare. And then put your fears to rest. Then begin to actually prepare. So what does death mean? What, what, what are the healer and death talking about? What do they mean then prepare? Well, they're talking about prepare yourself to move through the door. Prepare yourself to notice the door. Prepare yourself to, to leave behind that which is at the moment unreconciled in this world. Whatever, in other words, to put this really bluntly, what is it that you don't like about the world now? The world you live in now. Work with your helping spirits. Do your journeys to find out what do you need to release in yourself or what do you need to give birth to in yourself? One or the other. It's either death or rebirth. What do you need to release or what do you need to give birth to in yourself right now so that you can put what you do not like about this life to rest, to reconcile it, to leave it in peace and harmony if possible so that you can step away and let go and move into the new world and seize the opportunities that are going to be there for you to be in the doors that will open, to move through them. Truly, they keep showing me these images of people with all of this matched luggage, and they literally cannot fit through the door for the life that awaits them. There's just simply too much baggage. I see this over and over and over again with people. So that's what death is saying. That's why death is your ally at this time. To release those things that would keep you from moving into the new world as a truly new world because remember the native american stories it is not a given that you will not re-manifest all that was problematic of the world before it is not a given i spent a lot of time looking on the internet and 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 looking at the people that reading the material of the people that are focusing on making the shift and being part of the change and co-creating the new world and all of that there's nothing wrong with any of it other than there's sort of an applied assumption or not actually pointing out that we can just as easily drag all of this forward and manifest new versions of um, what isn't working for us. So now is the opportunity. And it's not about changing everybody else, people. It's about changing ourselves. So um, I have a caller here. So why don't we see what Nate has to say? Hello, Christina. Hi. This is Nate. Um, we talked many times. You did a soul retrieval for me in the past, and I want to thank you. And something that Spirit said this morning to me while I was going to do my own thing today, and that was derailed. Spirit said, what about all of the people who have these shamanic abilities and wizards and reconciling the past and the new? And I listened really carefully before I called in to even see if it was pertinent to the show, and now that I see that it is is that um, we live in an age of technology where we can surf the web and we can all be on the same page, so to speak, unlike any other time in history, um, modern history anyway. And if shamans would think about things like uh, 9-11, I just had this vision this morning of what happened um, to the soil, to the air, to the water, to the land itself on 
and how many shamans have collectively journeyed to that place. And I'm not I'm talking about soul retrievals, but I'm talking about that energetic stuck place. And this is our this is our home. This is our country. And really moving beyond a place of conspiracy theory and individualism into a place of maybe the next part of our leap forward is to do these kinds of collective things once in a while where we unstuck things. And it's something that we haven't done before. It's not something that we have talked about or know how to do, but what if that's something that spirit is saying to do? That's my question. Well, I think that actually, um, people have been hearing that question and and endeavoring to do that. I find it interesting that South American shamans were gathering to make sure Obama won. (laughs) I love that. Anyway, um, sorry, I digress. Um, But, you know, the Society of Shamanic Practitioners book, Shamanism Without Borders, is actually about that. I mean, I think now I see the title is perhaps a little bit unfortunate because it doesn't really make it clear that that's really what it's talking about is how do we practice collectively and how do we practice at a distance? What are the ethics in that? How might we do that? And I know in my own little community, um, people uh, regularly find that time syncing up the same ritual across many time zones and effectively doing it together, even though they're not physically doing it together face to face is, it has a, a much different impact than all of the, all of them doing the same ritual on their own whenever. And so, mm. I, so, so your question comes out of place, at least in my own, you know, humble experience is is actually very effective it's very effective for us to unite and it it's a bit traditionally in shamanism but it's not robustly traditionally in shamanism but there were times when people would gather and shamans would be brought together to answer a particularly challenging question that was going to affect the people and so, but generally speaking, shamans tended not to. And I think you're right. I think that is part of the uniqueness of this time is, is beginning to understand ourselves as a family, a whole family, mm. a whole. And that means we need to work together and, and that we can. I mean, yeah. and that's the beauty of the Shamanism Without Borders books and the experiences I've had in my community and, and many others is realizing that we can work effectively at a distance. We can work collectively without needing to physically be together. And we can work collectively on um, a, a location, for example, without having to physically be there. Although we can do it, you know, th- that we have many more options than we might think. Yeah. Well, just one little part of that, and then I'll take my question off the air, is that when you said if we don't finish what we need to finish, we'll take it with us forward and we'll be able to squeeze through the door. And I'm wondering, squeezing through this door, if we put to death the story of 9-11 and part of the you know capitalism of the world shifting and all of this unsustainability, we have to heal those pieces in the ways that we're not knowing that we need to heal them yet in order to finally go forward. And now I'll take my question off the air. Thank you, Christina. Thanks, Nate. So I just want to share, I was having a workshop a couple weekends ago and my people started to get into a political discussion and I was, I, I don't like that at my workshops. And so I kind of derailed the discussion by challenging them to actually answer how to deal with this political dynamic they were unhappy with and, and actually resolve it. And what, what, I help them to understand is that we would need to go up the ancestral lines because we don't have permission to change contemporary people without their will, you know, against their will. So we would need to go up the ancestral lines and to restore, reconcile and heal and bring um, at least reconciliation, if not harmony and peace to the past and the long past and the past that starts to transcend bloodlines and continents and who we think our ancestors really are to begin to actually not bring unhealthy practices into the new world. And that's the piece that I think shamanic practitioners can bring to this time of change. Everybody needs to do what they can to reconcile their own personal life, myself included. And shamanic practitioners have the skills to reach into the ancestral lines and begin to clear the reasons humanity keeps repeating the same problems and thus 
bringing them into the new world. So, so these are actually a couple examples of really what death and the healer were talking about. So um, one example that um, I used in the journey circle we just had here was, and by the way, this journey circle is preparation for a fire ritual that is sort of the close of the journey circles each year. We have a winter um, fire ritual that's usually around the solstice, but not always on the solstice. That is the culmination of the year's journey circles. And we, we gather and have um, a meal after and share potluck after. So, so anyway, listening here to Healer and Death, um, the questions that we journeyed on in preparation for the fire the, ne- the following month is, the first question was, what is essential for you to manifest in the new world? So what is essential for you to manifest in the new world? And what must you release to allow that to happen? Okay. And then the second question was, what are you called to do for the more than humans in the new world? And if you all remember, that came from Will Tegel last week, talking about those things that are not human, that we live with, those beings, the everything that we live with that is not human. So what are you called, what are you called to do for the more than humans in the new world? And what must you release to do that? And so these were the two questions we journeyed on. Whatever you need to release to do that would ultimately get released into the power object. And then the power object would go into the fire in the next month's ritual. So people had time to um, work with spirit to be able to truly transform and release these energies. And people got... Um, very simple, but very big answers. And that they did speak to, in some sense, also what Nate was saying, spoke to an individual person's part in something much bigger than they are. And the need to release these things, truly release these things to be able to go and do what we're called to do in the next world. So that's just an example of how do we approach this. And so um, in this case, Whatever energies you release get worked into a power object. The power object then goes into the fire. And then that begins that process of truly removing that energy from all the different layers of our life with the help of spirit. And that's where we begin to be able to be effective beyond just our personal sphere. And we begin to see how our old actions reached out in a great web of energy into our life as spirit helps us now to unwind that as we truly take responsibility for releasing these energies from ourself and our life so that we don't bring them forward. So there's a piece um, for those of you um, who don't go to the movies or read fantasy books or science fiction because you're much too, you know, civilized and evolved for that. And you, you don't, it's important to know, though, that really the arc of the hero's journey. And if you want to just go read Joseph Campbell, that's fine. It's very sophisticated and beautiful. And you can do it that way. You don't have to go to the movies. Um, but the important thing to understand about the hero's journey is that the journey brings the hero or shero to the threshold, whatever the threshold is of that journey. And we are all humanity. We are all on this journey this hero's journey to this particular threshold. And along the way, there are trials, there are tribulations. And in that way, the person becomes the person who can cross through or humanity becomes the uber person who can cross through the threshold. So you gain skills, you leave things behind, trials and tribulations, you gain allies, you gain companions, you gain spirit allies, you gain um, abilities you never knew you had. So there's there's a letting go and a, there's a gathering and a releasing that happens. And that along the journey, without intending to, the hero, the shiru, or humanity, is transformed. And the thing that is so challenging about the story and the and the re and and what is always present if a person really gets the story right, is that at the threshold the hero, the shiro, must let it all go to get through. 
everything they learned to rely on, everything that they that got them to the threshold, everything they cannot live without must be dropped. Everything must be laid down. The way through the threshold is naked. It is vulnerable. It is simple. It is essential. And so it is not just about letting go of baggage. It's about letting go of your entire sense of yourself for, for that which is truly essential. And so the challenge here, people, the reason I'm bringing this up is because if you're arriving at the threshold with baggage, you're not even anywhere near being able to let go of what you really need to let go of to get through that threshold. And that's the hero's journey. And that's the part everybody leaves out. They make the assumption that if you can get yourself to the threshold, you're good. And I'm telling you, I have brought people to the threshold. And it is not enough. And they do not step through. And it is not my job to push them. And that is the absolute most heartbreaking moment of my life when people do that. And they do. Because we are a culture that is afraid of what we do not know. And we are deathly afraid of vulnerability and we do not understand what death tells us again and again and again is that our life comes out of our vulnerability it is a place of power and we need to stand there naked and step through that door no matter what is on the other side land on our own two feet and say i'm here now what so what must you release to fit through the doors that will open for you. So what's my point in all of this? My point is that we are co-creating this reality now and we will in the new world, assuming that we're still alive. So if we are terrified, then we will contribute to the manifestation of new systems of terror. If we want someone else to lead, then we will contribute to manifesting new systems of slavery and subordination. If we do not land on the other side of that door, a person who has made it through their hero's journey, and I don't care if it's pretty people, it can be, like Annie said, you can just throw yourself through the door. But the point is, if we do not arrive there on our own two feet, we will manifest new versions of these old systems, even when our conscious intention is to manifest something else. Because our consciousness and our unconsciousness are both manifesting at the same time. So the cycle teachings, for me, the beauty of the cycle teachings is they teach us that to live our soul's purpose in this world or any other, you must be ready, willing, and able on your own two feet, to lead, to teach, to heal, to envision that new future, and to take action to make it so that these archetypal energies, the warrior, the teacher, the healer, the visionary, are absolutely essential, and they are minimally, they are the minimum essence that we must be able, ready, willing, and able to manifest as needed to live our soul's purpose. And so that could be your goal. If you're listening to this and going, holy shit, I have no idea where to even begin. Then begin there. Journey and ask your helping spirits. What do I need to release so that I can move the energy of the healer in the new world? What do I need to release so I can move the energy of the warrior in the new world? What do I need to release so I can move the energy of the teacher leader in the world, in the new world? What do I need to release so I can move the energy of the visionary in the new world? That will keep you busy until the time changes. So understand that to me is one of the most powerful aspects of the teachings is we cannot just be identified with an archetype and truly do our soul's purpose. So we must be able to teach, to heal, to lead. We can't hide and live our soul's purpose. So for anything new to manifest, we have to learn that our consciousness and our unconsciousness are both choosing. And our unconsciousness is better at it. 
It doesn't hesitate. It doesn't doubt. It doesn't worry about whether it's getting it right. It doesn't worry if its butt looks big. It doesn't worry if it has the right helping spirit. It doesn't equivocate. It just manifests, right? And this is all that we have to grasp at this moment of time to assure the change that our heart is longing for is that our consciousness and our unconsciousness are both choosing. We must attend to both. If we could just get that, we could change everything. And what's out there on the internet is doing a great job around intention and attention, how to co-create in the visionary aspects of this, in the manifesting of the new world. And in that sense, it's beautiful. And it isn't enough to just focus your intention and your attention. We must release our unconscious from the need to manifest what we refuse to see, what we refuse to heal, and what we refuse to remember. We must also focus our intention and attention on clearing the emotional energies and the incomplete experiences that we carry in our bodies. Work your unconsciousness out of a job. You can do that. We must learn to clear what we carry in our body on purpose as a practice and not wait for our life to force us to do it or die. As Will Tegel said last week, the era we are in, the world that we are ending is the world or the era of natural consequences. Waiting for the natural consequences of your life to show you what you need to be paying attention to. And that is not appropriate, especially for shamanic practitioners. But it's not appropriate for humans either. The mystery schools from the beginnings have always shown us that it is intended to be a personal practice. To choose daily to do your clearing of your emotional energies and your incomplete experiences that you carry in your body. That it's not just about meditation. Meditation is beautiful and it is not enough because most meditation forms are not forms for clearing. They're forms for meditation. So we need to step into this awareness And bring our attention and intention into clearing the past so that we do not bring it with us. And this is not about incessantly focusing on the past. It's not about talking on the past, thank goodness. It's about truly transforming and clearing these energies. So the other thing is, is as we step into our consciousness more fully, we need to not bring our controlling biases with us. We must remember what the shamans teach us about the deep reality of complementary dualism. It isn't enough to transform everything we clear into love and light or everything we heal into love and light or everything we touch into love and light. That is controlling and presumptuous and it creates shadow love. It creates shadow life. Give the energy over to the oneness in a neutral form. Love and light are not neutral. Give it over in a neutral form. Clear your energy. Let it become neutral. Give it to the universe and let the universe decide what to do with it. Let the universe send that energy to where it is needed to create peace, to reconcile, to create harmony. As long as we are charging the energy, even with love and light, we are still controlling the outcome. And the important thing here is to learn to let go. Learn to pull your human presumptions out of it and just let it go. Release it. Let the oneness and the great wisdom of the oneness do what it will with that energy. It will go where it needs to go. So what is coming? I would like to see a new world in which we interact differently with all things human and more than human. I would like to see us truly close the door on all of these ideas that we are somehow the center of everything, that we are here to conquer the wilderness, and that the resources of the earth are here for us to use excessively and wastefully however we choose. I'd love to see the door close on ideas like this. We are here in life, whatever world we're in, we are here in life to learn to be responsible, to live with our power. We are here to learn to be motivated by true love in our hearts and to move as a part of the oneness with all things and to trust that true love 
unselfish love, not human love, but true, the big love, is in the oneness. I don't need to earmark every energy I release for love. If I release it into the oneness, it becomes true love. The important thing for us as humans is to let go and release energies, to surrender our control of every little thing, and to be one with the oneness. So let's say the door closes. Then what? Let's bring back here the teachings of the healer. And the healer's teachings are of death, of birth, of asking for help, and of faith. So asking for help is important because it shapes a kind of empowered humility wherein we are able to surrender and let go. Humility allows many things to happen that wouldn't otherwise, no matter what you do. And so asking for help, what do you need to release? How do you need to change? What needs to be born? How do you, what do you need to do to reconcile your old life and position yourself for going forward? Ask for help with this. Ask for help to get all that you must out of the way, to be ready to notice the door that is your opportunity and to step through your fear and to be able to finally fit through that door, to be naked and fit through that door. Then that door closes, death. Then there's rebirth, right? No. Then there is nothing. There are the terrifying beats of nothingness before there is birth, before the new doors open. And you must not falter. That is where your intention and your attention need to be honed. You must not lose it all in that place of nothingness, of vulnerability and uncertainty. You must be in the nothingness at peace in the knowing that the death is gone and the birth will come. You must be in the nothingness if you are to step into the new world. And to do that, you will need faith. So thank you everyone for listening to the wisdom of the healer and by extension death here today. I would like to take the last couple minutes of this show to remind everyone about um, my homepage. On the homepage of lastmaskcenter.org is a Kickstarter campaign for my friend and colleague Lenore Norgard, who has written a wonderful script called American Ubuntu, which is truly a movie um, about shamanism, or actually it's a movie about people with shamanism in it. And unlike movies that do really a crappy job when they're trying to be about shamanism this movie actually is a movie that approaches real world issues shamanically and arrives at real answers and um, it's really a good script and I've been aware of it in many 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 stages and um, I would invite you to go to my homepage click on the link it will take you a couple links to her kickstarter page and if you like what you see there please donate. The Kickstarter campaign runs for only 11 more days. Um, and if, if, for those of you that don't know about Kickstarter, if you do not reach your entire goal by the end of your time frame, which is not very long, it's like three weeks, um, you don't get any money at all. So um, if, if you'd like to see this movie made, if you're excited about shamanism, would like these ideas to get more into the collective consciousness, um, this movie intends not to be a little indie film, but to really be made for as a big screen movie, and it could be. Um, please uh, go to Lenore's campaign and donate any amount, large or small, and um, thank you even for just looking. Um, so with that said, let me give thanks to the ancestors for joining us here today. Thanks to the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Next week, we will continue in our exploration of the wisdom of the teachers here in um, the cycle teachings with the wisdom of the warrior in this time of change. Um, and this means, of course, that we'll be having a chat with Crazy Woman as she brings in the crazy logic of the warrior. So thank you all for joining us here this week. Um, have a great week and um, 
happy exploration of what you must release to go forward in the new world as the man or the woman that you have uniquely come here to be. Thank you all for listening.